Riching. And I am Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for Wednesday, February 1st, 2023, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech, all in less than seven minutes. So Nike is claiming at least four Lululemon shoe models are infringing upon its patent rights. And so Nike is suing the Canadian Athletics Company over these copycat shoes, but Nike is also suing Lulu over a number of other issues. And so it's quickly becoming a tradition, or at least a January tradition, that Nike sues Lulu is over just some type of copyright infringement or copycat work. Jay, I gotta ask, are you team Lulu or Nike? We all have to pick a side here. We have to pick a side? What if I choose a side that is anti-Canada in this one? Well, I, I think that would be a poor side. Okay, then I am Lululemon. Yeah, I guess it's a Canada First podcast. We're proud Canadians, Jay. You know, I don't know what your status is these days, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> true. I hate to come down on the wrong side of Lululemon. Who knows where that will develop? So I'll go with Lululemon on this, even though I'm currently wearing Air Max 90s on my feet. I do think it's interesting, though, that there is this constant cat and mouse game between the two. I wonder how many times Nike has sued Adidas and how much of this is just part of the game of competing against each other. It's all kind of interesting to me. We shall. I'll follow this closely, Brett. Aside from which sneakers I wear in my feet, what do we have repeat golf today? For our first story, there's a new air travel option domestically. For our second story, drug decriminalization. And for our last story, TD is going after some new Canadians. For our first story, as Canada's aviation industry continues to do damage control after, frankly, a disastrous holiday season, one airline is looking to assert itself as a major player amidst the turmoil. I guess more options are always welcome, Brett. Who is the latest entrant? So, Jay. It's, drumroll please, it's Porter Airlines. And they began flying from their new hub at Toronto Pearson International Airport today with its initial flights taking customers to Ottawa and Montreal. Previously, Porter only operated out of the much smaller Billy Bishop Airport in downtown Toronto. But with its new hub and about 100 high-end Ember Air jets on the way, Porter will run new routes throughout the country before expanding across North America. And you'll like this this time of year, the Caribbean. Yeah, I do love that. Now, Porter has its sights set on capturing Canadian economy travelers who make up about 90% of the air travel market by offering experiences not associated with flying coach, which would be, in most cases, hopefully good ones. And travelers should care because as Air Canada and WestJet roll back routes and the former deals of the PR crisis, there's an opportunity for a smaller competitor to make headway. Porter, which has won customers' hearts with premium service, free drinks and snacks, and no middle seats, looks primed to take the lead and bring some competition to really a non-competitive sector. But Porter isn't the only challenger for Canadian skies. And to paraphrase a cliched old Western villain, this town ain't big enough for all of them. One professor who specialized in transport told the Globe that Canada can support two and a half airlines, not the number that are flying right now. Well, unless you count Porter as a half. Plus, as of right now, Challenger Airlines might actually contribute to airport drama rather than reduce it. They offer fewer flights, which creates bigger headaches for travelers if flights get canceled, and play a role in exacerbating the national pilot shortage. For our second story, a rule change decriminalized possession of small amounts of drugs like cocaine and methamphetamines in British Columbia this week, and the government will be watching carefully to see how it all plays out. Jay, this sounds like a pretty big deal. What's happening here? Oh, sorry, I was just booking my flights to BC. Well, BC was approved for a three-year exemption from federal drug laws and has now eased restrictions in an effort to rein in a drug abuse crisis. While it may seem counterintuitive to decriminalize the drug you don't want people using, there is evidence that treating drug abuse as a public health issue rather than a criminal one can lead to better outcomes. So Portugal decriminalized all drugs in 2001, and they actually saw a huge drop in overdoses and addiction rates. Under BC's new rules, police won't arrest people for carrying less than 2.5 grams 
programs of hard drugs and will instead hand out information cards about health and counseling services. Now, to make sure the new policy is actually helping the situation, BC will publish quarterly updates about metrics such as overdose numbers, addiction rates, and possession charges. The province will also work with researchers, police, and community groups to understand the impact of decriminalization. Now, the federal minister of mental health and addictions said that BC's rigorous oversight plan is what convinced the feds to grant the request for a drug exemption law in the first place. And this really matters. BC's careful and well-documented approach could become a case study in how to handle drug policy, not just for other provinces, but really for countries around the world. For our third story, Toronto Dominion Bank has sealed an exclusive advertising deal with the most popular immigration website, well, that you've never heard of. So here's what's happening. TD announced that it will work with CanadaVisa.com to offer site visitors content that can help them, quote unquote, understand and navigate their banking needs as they resettle in Canada. The bank says its new partner has 2.4 million monthly users and almost 900,000 members on its online forum. Canada Visa isn't a government-run site. It was started by an immigration law firm in the 1990s and has somehow become a more accessible source of information than the official bureaucratic channels. Probably great SEO, Brett. The bank is looking to capitalize on federal immigration targets that will usher almost half a million new Canadians into the country this year alone, with even more to follow in 2024 and 2025. Immigrants account for about 75% of Canada's population growth and pretty much all of its labor growth. So TD's management were asking themselves, well, how do we best organize to capture and service that burgeoning need, said one vice president. TD isn't the only bank that wants to get its hands on immigrants' money. Part of the rationale behind RBC's $13.5 billion deal to buy the Canadian arm of HSBC is the latter's high profile around the world, which could make RBC's the bank of choice for newcomers, as CEO Dave McKay put it. Now, Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to business news podcast in Canada. If you got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. Thanks, Brett. And have a good day, Peak Pals, and enjoy this first day of February. When you give me shock, when-